Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to Get Podcasts. I am Tim Malone, executive coach and owner of Your Life's Direction, an executive coaching and learning and development provider and an HR consulting firm. So what is a Get Podcast? Well, a Get Podcast is, as the name suggests, a place where learners can gather, empower, and transform together through a series of insightful podcast discussions with expert leaders from all backgrounds and all industries about leadership. As we continue to discuss leadership, today I am pleased to be joined by Paul McClellan. Paul is a self-described change agent, and Paul is typically brought into organizations to impact processes, culture, and workflow. Paul has a unique gift of translating organizational goals into something that is tangible and achievable, easily understood by others. Paul has great listening skills, and I am personally thrilled to have him today on the Get podcast. So, Paul, welcome to today's podcast. Well, thank you, Tim. Thank you very much, and good morning. I'm, I'm most excited to be here today and to have uh, this really important discussion with you and share some insights with my past and most recent experience. So thank you for reaching out to me. Yeah, yeah, again, really happy to have you and I'm looking forward to our discussion um, today. As I said earlier, the focus of these GET podcasts really is all about leadership. Now, Paul, you and I both know that leadership is, is a very broad topic. We could spend hours talking about the, you know, what is leadership? What are the differing aspects of leadership? But for the sake of, of, of just hearing from you directly, I'd love to hear how you see leadership. So how would you define it? What does it look like in action? And why is leadership so important in today's marketplace? Well, you know, leadership is evolving more so now in the last three to five years than I have ever seen it. it I think when I first started out, it was pretty predictable. And through the baby boomer generation was a stable, predictable leadership style. But as the advent of social media and the bringing on of multiple generations that are much more in tune with technology and the acceleration of the learning process, you know, leadership is sometimes not necessarily something you can see in action, but behind the scenes through communication and direction. And uh, being actively involved in, in several organizations right now that have multiple generations working in leadership capacities, uh, the single point of leadership, like a CEO, that that person with that responsibility has an amazing challenge in front of them to be both versatile and understanding to provide the type of leadership to accomplish to their subordinates. And I believe that's one of the most exciting times in a global economy from everything from what we're seeing on how Elon Musk works down to you know mom and pops and people starting off with their own little small businesses and getting a green start they're looking for help and direction and i think there's so much more available now than there ever has been it's just being able to sift through it tim 
to yeah. be able to slip through it and, and see where how it applies to what you're trying to do. Yeah. So, yeah. so there is absolutely no question that uh, I like the way that you said that if you think back 30, 40 years ago, um, you know, to that baby boom generation, there was a lot of um, uh, a lot of things in the workforce that were pretty static. And, and today things are, things are much more flexible. There's their leadership requires a different fluidity than perhaps um, it did before. Um, what, what, what more can you say about that? The, ho the homogeneity of the American workforce has obviously changed a lot. And what, what, what has the, um, what has that, what, what has the change had um, on leadership, can you be be maybe a little bit more specific with what you're yeah, thinking? Yeah, actually, you know, the one thing that I I have learned in some studies that I've read is, um, you know, the the baby boomer gen, the Gen X, uh, was you know a job title, the home, and salary, and there was three parts of the circle in each triangle, and each could have a different percentage of its importance, and now you look at uh, the millennials and different segments of the millennials and Gen Zers, and they're they want to see value in their work. Yes. They want to be recognized. They want to be working in teams, not as an individual. It's not about me, me, me. It's we, we, we. And being able to respect and recognize those. And even my own son, who's 33, and how he decides who and what he's going to do in his workplace are driven by those things. Mm -hmm. So, you know. You're right. At one time with the baby boomers, it was this way and that's it. But that has worked into our workforce and leaders are recognizing that those people have amazing value and you have to incorporate it into your culture, a leadership culture. And that's where the homogeneity comes in. It's not a singular baby boomer. It's a, it's an amalgam and a mixture of many generations. And in this melting pot of America, that's who we are. We take immigrants that way. Now we're taking, imagine immigrants of different generations of work ethics coming into the same melting pot. And now we have a new recipe for the workforce that whether or not we're ready for it, it's a soup that's going to be served to everybody. Yeah. So I used to say that leadership is leadership regardless of who you're leading. But I think I would probably have to nuance that a bit, wouldn't I? Yeah, I mean, you're... Your audience in some industries is is constantly changing, and in some it's pretty stable. But think about like a leadership and a healthcare provider versus a leadership on a manufacturing floor. They're both providing either a service or a product, but based on what happens throughout the globe, those those industries might have to change and adapt much quicker based on the pandemic or an in, 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 with AI technology, a new intervention that changes how everything is done. And that tech, those advances in technology are driving how we lead and who we lead, I think. Yeah. More so than the other way. I think it used to be the other way around. I think we'd have leaders and they would say, okay, hey, let's go into, let's go and design a better car. Now the, the better cars are being designed all over the world. How do you get the workforce to do it and how do you make it profitable? It sounds as if what you're saying is that leadership has to be more responsive. It has to move faster and it has to be um, looking at things from 
maybe a greater or collective good as opposed to um how did you say it individuals yes yeah, yeah. hang on so I, i'm thinking to myself like when all this comes together how do we then take that and create a platform for a leadership style, right? How do you how do you do that? And I think that that's where we need to have more like workshop environments that are um, available, like through Zoom or other media, where you record them on YouTube and then organizations have access to them and they can see how you're how you're doing things, hmm. why you're doing things, the whys. Would, would you? Yeah. Would you say? Would you say that the one thing that hasn't changed, regardless of if we're talking 30 years ago, 40 years ago, two years ago, what is what hasn't changed is that that leaders need to be aware of who they are as leaders and their own leader effectiveness to deliver and to get results from those that they are leading. Would you say that that is still true in today's workforce? I, I think it is in parts there, you know, the evolution isn't um, instantaneous. It, it, it happens over a period of time and either you're, either you're on board or you're being drawn into it. But you said something to me that got my, my thoughts going is the, the chemistry that has to be evolved. Like education is, isn't something that stops once you, once you finish your learning institution, it's a lifetime of approach. And I think as leaders, if you have that mindset of I'm always looking to improve, I haven't, I haven't plateaued. I'm not the best leader. I'm all and getting feedback and being able to constructively learn from that. I think that tells you that you, the potential leadership you could have. I think when people cap it off and they think that I'm, I am the best leader. And there's nothing more than I can do, like a Jack Welch did with General Electric, where he kind of capped himself off. It doesn't leave much room for people behind him to continue with it, with the saga. And we can see that with General Electric and even how it's been, you know, split up into different institutions now. And was that a good leadership or was it a good business decision? Well, they tend to kind of come together, like your leadership, and your business decisions tend to follow a same linear path. So if you're going to be able to survive and, and be a part of the global economy, which most of us are now, you're, you've got to be open to constantly getting feedback on how to improve or share the leaderships that you have learned and amassed over your lifetime. Okay, so let me, let me recap what I think I heard you just say. So today's workforce wants to be included. They want to be seen. They want their story to be understood. They want to know that they can make a contribution. And so today's leader, today's leader needs to kind of put their ego aside and from a place of humility, be willing to admit, I don't know everything. I'm still learning and I can learn from these new technology savvy, younger people perhaps. Yeah and give them a voice, make them part of the team's success so that the organization can have success. Did I, did I hear, did I summarize that correctly? You did, yes. Like you, you actually said it better than I do. We, maybe we should switch microphones <laughs> and I should ask you because 
<laughs> you actually said that really well. Very nice. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, I, yeah, I, that I, is I, true. Yeah, that's very true. And um, I've seen it most recently. And I, you know, like I re recently been in the steel manufacturing and engineering and building, and and we brought in some really young talent that was more inclined to using robotics and AI technology. And through them, we able to bring in new business that we wouldn't have been able to do before. And yes, there were some huge pushbacks and growing pains from the people who've been around a long time, but it's changing, you know, it's, it's changing right in front of, it's changing so much faster every year as we age and get older because it just, because the advancements of technology are so much quicker. Yes. You know, yes. and I don't know if the human element of conditioning, our human conditioning is designed to exactly keep up with the pace of technology. I think there's going to be some issues as it advances even more so. And maybe the new definition of the homogeneity of the workforce will be coming from as the baby boomers retire and it's more millennials and Gen Zers and Gen Xers is when these people come out of um, community colleges or technical colleges or high schools or you know higher learning institutions and enter the workforce how do they how are they going to be the the first lieutenant leaders to work their way up to being leaders of, of industry and, and companies that 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 whole growth process is going to be so different than what we probably could even imagine today yeah and, so what would, you know, what would you, yeah i'm sorry go ahead no, it, it's just exciting because part of it's going to be driven, and I believe this, part of it's going to be driven by AI technology. And the AI technology is going to be very specific to engineering, to manufacturing, to leadership, because the language is going to be used and it'll learn from that language and become self-learning. And through that, we we will see great, I think we'll see great challenges, but we'll also see great accomplishments. And we will work, and that's what I'm excited about. I'm excited. I, I hope I live long enough to see some of those things. Or, or what would you say are the challenges? Well, you know, the global the global picture is changing. Like it's hard. It's 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 hard to believe, but politics and ge geopolitical situations affect economies right now. Like I, I think about Starlink and what Elon Musk has with in having Starlink using communications for Ukraine, but then he can control it and say, well, we're not going to use it. So through his leadership of Twitter, and so we look and say, here's a man who can change geopolitics. He's he's that type of, and a lot of people look up to him or they don't, but that's that was one type of leader. Then you have like a Jeff Bezos who, you know, was an entrepreneur, started off with a book company called Amazon in Seattle, and it became a, an online retailer. So the the invention of different things sometimes now is becoming geopolitical. And with AI technology and stuff, people don't necessarily need to be affiliated with a certain country anymore. They can be affiliated with a certain idea or a certain leadership style. And that that's, that is another big change, I think, that's coming when the homogeneity of the workforce is global, not just for the United States. Right. It be a global workforce, you know? Yeah, right. Do you think that there are because it is global, do you think that the 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 needs are truly the same by by geographic location, by country, 
by international region? What What are your thoughts about that? Are there are there things well, that are are the same? You know, like what's getting lost most recently is Brazil and how Brazil has really worked itself out of a, a third world country 50 years ago and is a major player in the economies of China and parts of Africa and even in this country. And, you know, their infrastructure is changing rather quickly to adapt and be a part of a global player. Um, parts of Africa, the same way South, South Africa has really made a lot of changes. And so, you know, it's not just a bipolar world of us <clears throat> in China and the economies and the, those type of leaderships. We're seeing other players coming in from Indonesia, from India and Brazil. And, and, and in the next 20 or 30 years, they're gonna, they're gonna have a much more influential and I would say targeted way of how they're gonna lead their country and their people into being more prosperous. So it, it's, it's, it's almost overwhelming when you think about it. Because if you think about it too long, you're like, well, those things can never happen, but they're actually happening as we're living and driving to work every day here in yeah. this country. We're, we're somewhat sheltered, if we, if we want, in this country sometimes by what we have and what, what's available. But while we're being sheltered, the rest of the world's moving forward and they're not waiting for us. So that is that is something that I was thinking as you were talking. So how how do leaders get trained today? Like, what do you, how do they, how do they learn the things that you are talking about? And why, why is it important that they do know about the things that you're talking about? Well, I think the, if I, you know, I watched most recently, I, I watched my stepson who graduated from a high school through five years of college and you know, going to going, taking classes online, taking classes in the classroom and then learning through YouTube and videos. Yeah. And when I, and sometimes during the conversation, he would say, you know, I, I'm learning almost as much by watching the videos than I am being in the classroom. Mm -hmm. So now we're talking about attention spans and what is it that they're looking for? So there's a thing that I always use. It's called the dissemination of information, which means that a person listens for certain key words and sometimes they hear the long story like in a fictional novel or sometimes they get the bullet points and they've got enough and they're moving forward based on how they you know Myers-Briggs test thinking method and what I'm what I'm observing not necessarily saying that this is a fact but what I'm observing is that even though you're paying money to go to a higher institutional learning, there's still these students are using other sources to get their grades other than in the institute. They're using YouTube. They're using other things that are out there available to accelerate their learning. And what what here's the thing that I was talking just I was talking to a community college professor not too long ago, and one of the things he said to me was that. In all parts of learning today, they you can almost wipe off the advantages of having a degree from Harvard versus a degree from some smaller school because you can still amass the knowledge. Yes. It's not, it's not, it's you're not paying all that money for the knowledge because it's out there. You just got to go find it and dedicate yourself to learning. So circling back to your how do you learn to become a better leader? You find a role model that emulates the personal the person that you want to become. Then you work with that person, you do your research, and you develop yourself to that point. 
how do you get feedback to how you're doing? I'm not sure because, you know, in where where I came from, stuff you you would get that feedback periodically, whether you were looking for it or not. Now uh, it's almost like a daily thing. Like, how am I doing? How am I doing? Am I doing good? Okay. You know, they want that that affirmation, and so that's that's a challenge for leadership because if you're doing daily affirmations for your workforce, that's eventually going to exhaust you. So there's those are some of the microcosms of challenges in just the hourly leadership day-to-day thing. You know, then yeah. you're talking about grand schemes. Well, and the way you just described your stepson and how he learned and how he learned and how he took in information certainly is going to have an impact on the kind of employee, um, the, the kind of team member that he ultimately becomes and what he expects from the workplace. He, he's going to expect something way different from that workplace than perhaps someone did many, many years ago. And, and Paul, the other thing I'm thinking as you're, as you're talking is, I don't know, there's something appealing. Honestly, there is something appealing to me about that everyday feedback, those everyday kind of conversations that I think leaders struggle with being able just to communicate both appreciative um, feedback and coaching and constructive feedback and coaching. But but if it's just like kind of like everyday expectations that we just get in a room and we tell each other how we're doing, I don't yeah. know, there's something, there's something very liberating about that. Well, you're right. And I'll tell you, when, when you look at a job posting and it says, you know, good leadership skills, they want you to come in with that and then perform the other tasks that need to get done in 52 hours. But, you know, when you, they say, well, you know, define leadership, you know, leadership is happening all the time. Like, right. It's not something you turn off. Oh, my gosh. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Okay, Absolutely. I'm a leader now. Okay, I'm, I got my 15-minute break. I'm not a leader. Yeah. You can't. And I think I think that speaks to a person's personality. The, yeah. You know, like you used to hear that that person, I would hear people say that, you know, that person's a natural born leader. They just do it because they don't have to give it thought. I believe that that's instinctual. I, I have been told I'm a really good leader. I don't see myself that way because I don't, I don't, um, I just be who I am. But at the same time, when I'm getting feedback, like, hey, you know, I really like the way you handle that situation. How did you think about it? I got to go back and say, well, I reacted. But 20 years prior, when I was learning, I probably got some really good feedback on something I didn't do right. Yes. And I think that's, I'm going to be honest, I think that's what people are really shy of right now is hearing, hey, you didn't do that well. Let's talk about that because they want to hear the positives. Negatives are, are a difficult thing. It's a, it's, a very, it's a very strong medicine to take. And you have to, be, you, have to have, you have to have good timing and have a receptive moment or, it, or just it hits it like a shield and falls off and doesn't really make a difference. It's just venting anger or disappointment, but you want to convey like, you know, th- this is a, a moment of truth where you could learn from it, right? That, that's into coaching. And I think what we're seeing in leadership today is an emulation of good coaching skills. Yeah. How to be how to how to be a really good coach to your team, to your yes. players. Yes. Yeah. And knowing that 
you know, not everybody's going to be with you three, five, 10 years. Some people are, are on that growth page. How do you share information and give them things to go out there and become, you know, to leave it better than when they found it? Yeah, I, I, yeah, I totally agree. I, I, I really, um, really appreciate what, what it is that you're saying, particularly Paul, you walk through the door, you get on a, on a zoom call, whatever, whatever your, your, your work environment is today. If you're a leader, a leader of others, a leader of leaders, you're, you are, you're always that leader. It's your character. It's who you are. It's not a hat you wear, a role you play. You just are a leader and, and leadership is, I, I just think leadership is something that always has to be um, on the forefront of our thinking as leaders. What is, how is my leadership being displayed today? How am I, how am I, um, am I the person that others want to emulate? I love, I love the way you said that. Yeah. Well, a lot of times people are leaders, but they're not, that's not their job title. Right. So, that's you know, right. You'll be in a we'll be in a group of environment. There's this one person who's been there 30 years. He or she knows their job really well. Everybody respects them. And they're kind of to themselves. And every once in a while, when they say something, everybody is listening. They might not be the vice president, but like, hey, did you hear what Tammy just said? She was just, and she goes, that makes a lot of sense. So sometimes leaders are quiet people that work that by their work they're leading they because they set the example and then when they make they when they have those moments when they actually do say something or contribute to something it's much more meaningful and impactful at that moment yeah well so so, so yeah there there's silent leaders that that are a part of an organization that i hope would still be a part of that because when you're in a when you're away from your designated leader and you're just doing things how do you how do you get that reinforcement yeah, of what I mean, you just learned? Yeah. yeah, I mean, wouldn't you say that one of the traits of this new generation, um, the this the the what are those that you were just speaking of? They're coming into the workplace recognizing that I may not have a formal leadership title, but I am still a leader, right. and 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 I think that 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 impacts what they're expecting from the true leader. Exactly. And when there's a gap or a chasm or a, or a disconnect between that, it's up to the leader to recognize that and to work with that person or that group so that they're following this, this thing called value stream management, which yeah. is, you know, everybody's working for the same common goals with the company. Yeah. And in order to accomplish that over cross departments, whether it's purchasing, human resources, training and development, what have you, that that leader conveying to his subordinate leaders how to communicate the effective direction is done the same way. You have to be consistent. If there's inconsistencies, then the people will break it down and find find fault with it. Yeah, yeah. So again, to use our language, our multi generational language, our Gen Z, 
are expecting. I think that's why you're hearing so much about authenticity and empathy. Our Gen Zs want authentic leaders. I think Gen yes. Z want leaders to say and to admit, I don't know everything. I think that 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 builds trust and credibility um, with our with our Gen Z um, team members because I think that, that it doesn't pass the smell test. I, they they can probably see through um, the 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 somebody who is fake or you know that fraud mentality. Um, it's it's harder to pass the smell test perhaps today. I would agree with that. I, I I don't even know how much more to add to that other than I, I agree with what you just said. Yeah, so, yeah. So yeah. so it's clear that the multi-generation workforce technology is changing leadership, or at least it is changing um, the 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 how leadership um, looks like what it looks like in action. Um, I'm getting the sense that you would totally agree with that. Yes, the more more so, and it's compounding every year. Like it's it's a compounding thing now. It's not a load leveling where it comes in waves of every three to five years. It's compounding on itself almost daily, if not monthly. Yeah. So um, so there are obviously benefits to the for the leader for the organization. Um, when when leaders are are thinking a little bit of what you're just describing, what do you say to a leader today, Paul? How if you were the if you were the I, in your introduction, you know you're a good listener. You're brought in, and you're you're probably spending a lot of time consulting with leaders. What do you tell leaders? Well, usually after I, I've been with them for a couple of days and I've had a chance to observe them in action then and then observe the ripple effect of their style and, and their decisions and then going out on the, on the either the production floor or in the office and just observing how the information or the styles work, whether they're standing, sitting at a table, a Zoom meeting and a big broad auditorium, you know, your audience, uh, the, the methodology in which you bring your message is dependent on your target audience. Yeah. And, and so that's the hardest part of developing communication to a leader is learning the style you need to have based on the audience in front of you. You're not going to speak yeah. in a manner of a one-on-one -on -one when you have a group of a thousand people to talk to. When you have a plant meeting on the floor and you're going to talk to 300 people, yeah, you want to make eye contact with that one or two person and, and give the appearance like you're having a conversation, but you're also trying to convey certain messages across a platform of 300 people that they're all hearing it differently. How do you convey that message? Keeping it simple. Not, not going on and on. The attention span, last time I read, was eight seconds. The most recent studies show that people have an attention span between eight and 10 seconds, and then they're starting to wander. So leadership is, how do I, how do I keep that attention span longer than eight seconds, but not longer than a certain time so that I can convey what it is I'm doing and then do it, then mm -hmm. to do it. Mm -hmm. And that's what I'm telling most of the leaders today is I'm like, you're, you're, you're talking way too much. You have all this great information. You believe it. They've stopped listening 
two minutes into it. Yeah, because because you're going on too long. You got to keep it simple to the point. Get them involved. Make sure that they're actively participating in the conversation. And then it's a dialogue. It's not a talk down to. It's a talk with. You know, and that is that's a struggle right now. Yeah, yeah. Because the because the economies are dry. You know, the work there's there's people not showing up for work. They're not coming in for interviews. It's the latest statistics I read, it takes 1.4 employees to do the same amount of work it did three years ago for one employee. So, you know, leadership is how do you stay relevant? How do you stay energized? And how do you stay passionate when there's more variables happening outside of your realm of control than inside your circle of control? That that Those are their challenges. Those are the things that I'm having conversations with and saying, you need to be able to have a good outsource and be able to bounce things off a good team because one in one one leader alone we talked and it's funny because during this conversation when we use leadership we're talking in the singularity but i also talk about the plurality which is leadership teams and, I, and the the one thing i want to convey to the audience today is that i think that the leadership of an individual singularity is going to evolve into plurality and and it's going to identify as our team our team leadership, and this is what our team's working on, versus Joe or Tammy or Beth. It, it's going to work in teams. I, I see that coming, and I think that's a really good thing. Mm -hmm. I don't know about the, the accountability part. I mean, that's a whole other two-hour conversation. We can talk about, well, how do you have accountability to a team versus an individual, especially if there's many players on the team. But that's when they manage themselves. You know, I... I yeah, I was recently in a in a Fortune 500 plant in uh, Durham, North Carolina, and they actually use that teamwork leadership on their floor, where they have different teams when in their processing, and they audit each other to produce a really good product. Mm -hmm. And you know, it was amazing. I mean, I, I was really surprised. And it's actually in, in it's a union company, but this is a non-union plant, and it's working. Yeah. 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 And, and so and my, I was really excited about it. And and that's interesting. I wonder how that will impact something that you said earlier, which is how do you give constructive feedback? It might be easier to hear constructive feedback when it's being delivered to the team versus when it's being delivered to individuals. Yeah. Perhaps anyway. Um, Paul, the the thing I want to do is quickly summarize again what you said. Those are basic things you said know your audience, be concise, be compelling, give, get, get your, get your team involved, get them engaged. Those are basic things that have been around for a long time, but maybe even way more important today, given um, the changes in the generation um, that we're, that we're talking about. So, um, so Paul, I really appreciate this, um, our time together today. You have, um, you have been, uh, a great person to to talk through some of these changes um, that that we're experiencing, that leaders are experiencing, and I appreciate you being my guest today. Thanks, well, thanks for taking time out of your busy schedule. Well, well, thank you again for having me, and uh, I've really enjoyed the discussion today. It's uh, I've actually learned some things through you, which I took some notes down because I'm always looking to get better myself. And uh, it was a, it was a really, really good conversation, Tim. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah. Thank, well, thanks for saying that. You'll have to come back for further discussions because your insight 
um, into this very important topic have been have been useful and beneficial. So thank you, Paul. Well, thank you, Tim. Thanks. For our listeners out there, I hope you enjoyed listening to today's podcast. If you have questions about your leadership, if you have questions about ways to improve your effectiveness, please reach out to me. Again, I'm Tim Malone. You can reach out to me through my website, yourlifesdirection.org. If you're a business leader wanting to improve your culture and engage your workforce differently, reach out to me there as well. Thanks, everyone, and we will see you next time.